1: Hey gang, a couple of plugs before we get going. You know, leading you into this summer, you need some good ass rock and roll music. And we got just the cure for you. Do you like our theme song? Steve, you like our theme song. I love our theme song. Chris Cabin, you like our theme song? You don't even really have to ask me that. Well, it was written by our friends in New York City. The band called Hurrah! A Bolt of Light. I wish they had a new album out. Well, guess what, Steve? They do! Oh, man! What? (laughs) That's right. Available now on their Bandcamp page and other places across the internet. The new self-titled record from Hurrah, A Bolt of Light is out. Featuring, let's see how many tracks. A total of nine shit-kicking rock and roll tracks for you to download. Let me tell you, this is good. We talked about this before. It's good getting ready for work music, Mm -hmm. getting ready to go out drinking
0: music, getting ready to stay home drinking (laughs) music. And you know what? I like a good like a a nine-track record. Least, yeah, it's like an old school like Led Zeppelin. Like all the records are like less than 10 every time. I yep. like that. I'm yep. really That's what you that.
2: want. If you're at the gym and you don't want to
1: commit to it too much, you put on some hurrah vault of light. You're <laughs> out of there in 20 minutes. Like, hey, I did. I did a
0: whole album. I played the whole album. It's not my fault. It's only nine tracks. 20, I did the work. 25 minutes of cardio, 30 minutes of cardio. Who knows the difference? Really? Everybody's watching Jeopardy, right? Everybody likes Jeopardy? I don't think I ever get home when Jeopardy's on. Uh,
2: Well, there's a great... They do this great commercial where you come back from commercials and it's just Jeopardy saying like, uh, the answer is, wh- you know, the- this makes your head your headache go away really well. What is a <laughs> <It's- laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, it's great. So what is Hurrah, Bolt of Light? Little plug. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and let me tell you this, for folks in New York City or if you're visiting the area anytime in this great month of June, they have a residency at the Rockwood Music Hall every, let's see, Saturday night in June. So that's the 7th, the 14th. The 21st and the 28th, our good friends are playing a show at midnight at the Rockwood Music Hall. Go check them out. It's on the Lower East Side in New York City. Hurrah, A Bolt of Light, the new self-titled album, out now on Bandcamp and other places across the Internet. And while we're slinging stuff for other people, what is a leave? What is slinging some stuff for ourselves? Brand new commentary track, Trekmentary Nemesis, is out now. It's me, Steve, and Eric making fun of Star Trek Nemesis for two hours. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) I just looked at you like, you got anything? Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Point is, Steve's right. It is pretty great. We got a lot of great responses about it. You can pick it up in iTunes, the Google Play Store, Amazon, and cdbaby.com. If you buy it in any of those places, they're like, hey, man, you purchased this. Would you like to rate and review? Go ahead and rate and review. We would greatly appreciate it. Increases the profile of this comedy track. You know who's burning up the American cinemas right now? Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Absolutely right. If you want two hours of us doing really bad Patrick Stewart impressions, Steve's got the best one, though. I will say it's pretty great. Yes. <laughs> Terry Nemesis is chock full of that. It's chock full of us defending Michael Dorn. It's chock full of us
0: making fun of Brent Spiner quite yeah. a bit. I'll say Siska Spiner. <laughs> Just, Chris <laughs> Kevin pretty did, strong. Not you know he did the of- seesaw
1: hand thing. <laughs> in case you're wondering. Uh, but if you ever wanted to watch a movie where Brent Spiner plays one fat robot and then a slow-challenged <laughs> other fat robot, this is the movie for you. Visit iTunes, the Google Play Store, Amazon, or cdbaby.com. Pick up Trekmentary Terry Nemesis today. What is a leave? Hello, i Andrew Jupin. Chris Cabin. Steven Sadak. And we hate movies. Welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in. As always, if you're new to the program, you are tuning in. In what I feel to be the the first week of the most exciting two months we do every year. The start of summer blockbuster extravaganza 2014. I love that you had to stretch the word exciting to cover something such as Mystery Man. You know, you're really Uh, like, hey,
2: no, this is exciting. It's exciting. We're doing Mystery Man, everybody.
1: It's like if you're a door-to-door salesman and you know (laughs) that, like... The apple corer that you're selling is real shit, and you got to be like, this thing cores so many apples, so good. <laughs> That's what this is. I have to tell you, it's an exciting show, even though we're talking about 1999's Mystery Men directed by Kinka Usher. That's a uh, Kinka Usher question mark, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to get into that right now? Yeah, I do. Steve Sadak, ladies and gentlemen, uh, folks at home, boys and girls, Steve Sadak is hiding some sort of mystery trivia from us, and I would like to know what it is about director Kinka Usher.
2: It seems as if in Tom Waits' biography, or one of his biographies, or autobiographies, I should say, it's called The Low Side of the Road. Uh, He says that he was in a movie in 1990. He has a little chapter about his... His uh, his acting resume, and you know, right. he says I was in a movie uh in 1999 called Mystery Men, directed by Tim Burton using a pseudonym. Get out of town. He's, that makes sense. It. I, I mean, like this, the dude Kinka Usher exists. There's no two ways about it. Like, right. He
1: doesn't have a lot of credits on IMDb. Do, this is
2: his one and only directing credit. Like if if there could be a world that this is a bad Tim Burton movie that he was ashamed of that he just shoved off to his AD and was like, hey, dude, you directed this movie. So
1: then poor Kinka Usher has to take the fall? Like, this is a
2: huge movie, kind of, as far as budget. There's 60 million bucks behind it. There was a lot of star
0: power. Like, how did this movie get off the ground if not... But to me, it doesn't... One thing doesn't make sense here. It doesn't look like the Burton uh, Batmans. No. It looks like the Schumacher Batmans. If it's going to look like anything... It's got that fucking poppy bullshit color thing. But maybe
2: he's trying something... He tried something new. I mean, I, it's not impossible, but it's not.
1: It's also not confirmed. Now, this is the weird thing, though. So, this movie comes out in 1999. I don't know the production history sure. of, of Mystery Men, but also in 1999 is Sleepy Hollow. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, there's that that's going on. I mean, it's also... Entirely possible, Tom Waits doesn't take anything seriously.
2: Like, yeah, it was a Tim Burton movie that didn't happen. You know, I mean, it doesn't, it's not entirely impossible that he is just like trying to fuck with people because Tom Waits likes to fuck with people. Yeah, you know, I, I, I would blend
0: more on that side. Um. I, it's
2: just, it just keep that in the back of your head, everybody. Maybe, maybe it's there, maybe it's not.
1: But it, it's so weird though, because as soon as you said that, like, I started immediately thinking back to the two hours and one <laughs> minute I wasted last night watching oh. this movie.
0: And I don't know. It kind of makes sense. I mean, it's. I mean, I guess it is. It does have that like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory look to it. Yes, it does. Uh, it, it's more and like it could be, but also, here's the thing: mm-hmm. there are plenty of Tim Burton movies I don't like. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like any of them even remotely in the realm as much as I don't like this movie.
1: <laughs> That's but, fair. But you have to think though. Is that another thing that led him to sort of disavow the movie? And it could be a thing where he left in the middle... And you know who
0: knows that, what would, that maybe who leaves would. in the
2: middle. Somebody comes right. in,
1: to pa- do a little bit of a patch job because it, I just feel there's too, many, there's too many names in this movie and there's too much money behind it yeah. for this nobody director to get to get credit for making this
2: movie. And it's not a movie like it's not a movie you can just sell somebody. It's not like hey, we're gonna make a Batman movie, got it done. Yep. We're gonna make yeah. a Spawn movie. Who cares? Make it. Print. Yep. That's a license to print money, everybody. <laughs> but we're gonna make a Mystery Men movie, which. Uh, full disclosure: is a dark horse. This is never a comic. This was; these were side characters <laughs> from a comic called The Flaming Carrot, which nobody cares about. I don't even care to
1: hear you tell me that there's a comic <laughs> called The Flaming Carrot,
2: or it could be Captain Carrot. No, it's uh, Flaming
1: Carrot. It's flaming Carrot. Yeah, I mean, now, my thing is: well, one, I guess that begs the question: why isn't the Flaming Carrot in this movie? <laughs> exactly. But also. This is the question I had because it's it's Dark Horse, which is you know under the DC umbrella. They're not they're not under DC. They're they're an independent company. Oh, they are. Yep. Uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, Vertigo. Oh yeah, you're right. Vertigo's a- well, I guess because my question was because a couple of other characters come up, I was wondering if this movie is supposed to take place in the DC universe.
2: No, oh, no, no, no.
0: This no. Is, okay. It, this is
2: the. I mean, it's a universe unto itself. The only character you could possibly Dark Horse does uh, a bunch of duds. They do Hellboy, which is huge, yeah, and then they do like Star Wars adaptations into comics, yeah, or, or
0: like extended universe Star Wars stuff. Or at least my knowledge had... of
1: the Star Wars extended universe is
0: virtually non-existent because I know they're they're the people behind Tank Girl, yes, they're the Oof. people behind the mask, yep, Oof. and they are the guys behind R.I.P.D. Good gravy! How yeah. do they keep getting
1: movies made? <laughs> so,
0: Somebody saw somebody kill somebody else. It's Hellboy. Else. It's all Hellboy. It, it, it's Hellboy. It's you know. Like but then why
1: aren't I getting a third Hellboy movie?
0: Fucking Guillermo del Toro is like booked up until twenty twenty two.
1: Yeah, you know what though? You got two movies as a template. Find somebody else to make that movie because yeah. you know what? You can pull it off at this point.
2: All I need is Ron Perlman before he dies to do this, <laughs> or maybe Tom Waits. Kind of the same.
1: <laughs> oh man, Tom Tom Waits is like an old Hellboy. <laughs> I'm Blue
2: Boy. Like he's
1: just got, <laughs> it's Hellboy, but he's blue. He's just wearing like denim overalls, mm. chewing on a piece of straw for some reason. He's
2: playing some kind of a car horn into a fucking I don't <laughs> even into a toilet seat.
1: I was not a product of Nazi science. <laughs> just, drank too much.
0: Welded together by Lucifer himself.
2: <laughs> not
1: much backstory to Blue Boy. <laughs> so, Mystery Men. I mean, this is, I guess, my other question about Mystery Men. Are people remembering what this is? Is this like a. No. We've all been here before? No, no,
0: no, no. no. I mean, it was a gigantic disaster, correct? Yeah. Fiscally speaking, it was. (laughs) Fiscally and otherwise. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Stay
2: tuned, by the way. Thank you for bringing that up. Chris Cabin is starting a sister podcast called Fiscally Speaking.
0: (laughs) It's all about the numbers, it's only about the numbers. Uh, There's a lot of mistakes in it. (laughs) I'm just going to put that right down now. It's, uh, don't listen to it. It's it's Chris and NPR's
1: Kai Rizdahl. (laughs) And And he's correcting me the whole time. Yeah,
0: it's just, Chris,
1: come on. We have to run the numbers, and you're wasting my
0: time. Kai Rizdahl. Do you know basic math? Uh, I could mean, you uh just give me the uh definition there of basic <laughs> And then we'd be all set here. So we start off with a very
1: Batman-esque heist scene. (sighs) But it's at an old folks home. Oh, man. Because that's what you have to remember about the Mystery Men, everybody. This movie, mystery is it Mystery Men or the Mystery Men? It's just Mystery Mystery Mystery. Men. What you have to remember about Mystery Men is that it's like every other superhero movie, except everything's just a little bit (laughs) off. And that's where the jokes are supposed to come. But... There was a big hole uh, in the movie, and all the jokes just kept falling
0: through it well, into that, a bottomless pit. I do want to bring that up because, uh, as we said before, this, a movie that is a lot like this uh, is Galaxy Quest. It comes out the same year. Mm-hmm. And that is a, both a kind of like Star Trek esque movie, yeah. actually written that way, yeah. with the jokes inside of it. This is just the jokes. The story really isn't there, and the villain versus, you know, hero stuff isn't really there. Yeah. It's just fucking stupid, stupid jokes. (laughs) It's really bad. A lot of fork yourself jokes. Oh, there's...
1: Hank Azaria as the Blue Raja. I'm not even going to try to do that voice. I'm going to sully my reputation by doing that voice on this show. But... His character, the blue Raja, he throws fucking forks and, and shit. Spoons. There's so many fork yourself, fork you, go go get forked. Oh man, man. going because up on the fork evader. Like it doesn't even <laughs> matter that it matches up. It's like Hank, like, that one didn't even make sense. I know. <laughs> it's. I mean, the
2: thing is, the three characters, the three main characters are. Ben Stiller playing Mr. Furious, who doesn't have any superpowers, but he thinks he does.
1: This is Ben Stiller at his absolute worst. It's the wor- it's the mode I never want to watch him in. And I, I I like a lot
2: of Ben Stiller stuff. It's I like, like a lot of Ben Stiller stuff yeah. too. His whole filmography probably gets a C plus, which is not terrible. Yeah,
1: a lot a lot of high averages on 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 the good ones. Well, because the problem with Ben Stiller is he was a guy that we grew up watching and stuff, but then decided to make movies. That aren't for adults. Nope. And that's just the thing. I mean, you know. And i got no time for it. It's
2: not my my fault, not his fault. No,
1: but those Madagascar movies, the Night at the Museum movies. I mean, they are super successful kids movies. He just stopped making movies we give a shit about. That's why I was, I'm not going to say pleased with Tower Heist, but I was like, okay, enough with Tower Heist. Because it was a solid adult comedy featuring also a return to crass Eddie Murphy but that's at least him doing something non fucking Fokker related uh. that I can actually watch and not just be sitting there watching a kid's movie. I mean,
0: I know we split on this, but I, I love Greenberg. And I-, I think that he is he, he has that Am Sandler thing where it's 85% of it is like the worst shit you've ever seen. Yeah. And then there's that 15% of really fucking good movies.
2: Well, the thing is about Ben Stiller is when he's not trying in a movie, he like disappears because he's like... He 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 doesn't do really strong strong characters unless you're doing like a Zoolander or uh, right what is the other one there the the army one oh Tropic Thunder oh, Tropic yeah. Thunder you know th- those are like broad when he does that I can deal with it but when, so that's why I find him like less offensive than Stan- Sandler when he's just like. Getting a check because he's just like I'm just gonna talk like a normal person and just hang out and yes. be like Oh my god a dragon!
1: Well, the, <laughs> the, the Ben Stiller in Oh my god a dragon that's pretty great. Uh, I think that's the subtitle of the third night of the museum movie. Uh, no, but the biggest difference between Stiller and Sandler is Stiller's doing movies where there's stuff going on and it's clearly not. You know, him picking his movies based on vacation destination. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's just all of these fucking Sandler movies. He made some joke about it on Kimmel about how he was like, it was supposed to be, 51st uh, Dates was supposed to be set somewhere. And then he was like, how about Hawaii? Because that'll be cool. And he was like half joking, but I was like, no, Adam Sandler, like, that's... you've always kind of wanted to go to South Africa. And that's why Blended is set there. Because there's no other fucking reason for it. Yeah. But still, you know, he's still just kind of doing things that isn't. Adam Sandler wearing a fucking Jets t-shirt for two hours. But so anyway, the mystery men... So it's Ben Stiller as Mr. Furious. uh, William H. Macy as the shoveler.
2: Yeah. And the problem with William H. Macy... And literally like five out of six mystery men are like... (laughs) I use this wacky thing that isn't a weapon as a weapon. Yeah. What else do you do?
1: Nothing. Nothing
2: at all. I'm just the whatever. End it with ER. Yeah. And it's just like, you know what, man? Fuck you. Because then the Blue Raj, is just throwing spoons. (laughs) And he's trying to hit people with shovels. And it's like, I get that these aren't weapons. And I get that it's silly. Let's move on.
1: Janine Garofalo's throwing a magic
0: bowling ball all over the place as
1: the bowler. Or I guess... Daughter of the bowler. She's, Who could uh, care?
0: I mean, she's like the second Green Goblin, kind of. <laughs> um, so I mean, it's it's one of those things where I was pissed off because I'm like, okay, so the the joke is that they don't have powers. That's yeah. fine. Okay, yeah. let's stick with that. No, 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 no. Two, the villain. Yep. And the bowler have superpowers. These and- are. These are out-and-out out superpowers. Kel Mitchell has
1: superpowers.
2: And Kel he, Mitchell he has superpowers. He literally superpower. turns invisible in the scene. I, I apologize if you crashed your car, but Ken, Kel Mitchell was in a
0: movie uh, <laughs> that wasn't Good Burger, and it was this movie. And he shared a scene with Tom Waits. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> thought that would happen. Nope. Not even Kale Mitchell. But, like, why not then just give them all, like, sillier powers? Like, yeah. Act, act it up a bit. Like, Wh- I, I don't need fucking William H. Macy hitting somebody with a shovel. There's 50 movies <laughs> already made where William H. Macy either gets hit by a shovel or <laughs> hits somebody else with a shovel.
1: Now, wait a second, though. Uh, so, Jeffrey Rush as our villain, uh, what is it? Acapella Frankenstein? Casanova Frankenstein. I oh, s- sound like my father. Well, what is that acapella Frankenstein business? All right, yeah. So Casanova Frankenstein, what is his actual power? The fucking machine he builds. Well, that's that's not a superpower. He's
2: got like super nails. I mean, he's just kind of an evil scientist and he looks like Jeffrey Rush. So you think he
1: has (laughs) a superpower. I saw Jeffrey Rush in real life one time and he looked like an actual mad scientist. (laughs) It was like a very well-dressed mad scientist. And he's super tall.
0: By the way, I had a fun little game going because I was like, Casanova Frankenstein, that's like the laziest fucking name I've ever heard of. Lazier than The Shoveler? Kinda. Like, cause that at least almost makes sense. Well, he's got a fucking shovel. It makes quite literal sense. <laughs> well, no, I'm yeah. Shoveler makes sense. Casanova Frankenstein. Yeah. Jeffrey Rush ain't attractive well, and he's what, not Frankenstein. Well, no, I thought like, okay, like he's, he's like... more Frankenstein
1: <laughs> than he is attractive. But that's the thing. He's like, he's like, a, he's like a banged up ugly monster dude that's laying pipe constantly. I see what's yeah. going
0: but on. But I was playing this little game in my head where you you mix like you know, a character from you know literature and oh, such sure, sure. and with a monster so i have boo radley dracula <laughs> <laughs> and, and d'artagnan wolfman <laughs> d'artagnan
1: wolfman the most distinguished of the wolfmen the yeah.
0: Frenchest of the wolfman <laughs> so you know if you just want to play a game at home there you oh, go oh yeah no I- <laughs> Romeo, ah, oh fuck! I got
2: nothing. You Rome- really
1: put me, you, you should have called me last night, Chris. <laughs> I'd have six of them. Wait a second,
0: Huckleberry, creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, let's see. So, Romeo, Invisible Man. Yeah, Invisible that, Man. that doesn't it doesn't flow so much, but no, no. not but, as uh, much as Casanova Frankenstein. The problem,
2: what we're, I agree with you. The super, like, let's let's make a superhero comic thing where we're we're doing we have the money for special effects. So let's use them. This isn't a world that doesn't explicitly not have superpowers, so let's do that. And also, The Flaming Carrot, it kind of speaks to what I believe that these comics are. I was reading up a little bit, and... It's absurdist stuff. Yeah, And absurdist comics are fun. Like, yeah. they kind of don't really work in movies that often. You know, that they, they usually fall flat on their face because they, they get too literal and too real. Like, right. they try and put them in a real I, world, yeah, whatever. But, like, on a printed page, it's fun to watch just a, a fucking carrot fight people. It's like, that's fucking funny. Like, every page you turn, you <laughs> are like, hey, that's funny. That's even funnier. He's <laughs> fucking writing the thing. You know, like, and it's fine. That carrot's making a salad. <laughs> exactly. And every single second, you're like, that's pretty goddamn funny and a lot of fun. But, like... Absurdism, like, and absurdist movies are fun too, but like, you,
1: for some reason, the twain shall never meet, except for kind of Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim, it works. I mean, but that's because Edgar Wright and everybody making that movie buys into that concept. And the problem with this is you're trying to ground it and make it like a Joel Schumacher or a Tim Burton (laughs) Batman movie. Yeah. Which you can't do. It has to be either completely off the rails, silly, or not. And instead, you get Eddie Izzard. And some other dude as disco gang uh, fighters. Pros of the Fugees. Oh, that's Pros? That's Pros. Oh, mother of God. That's,
2: yeah, I mean, because it's 1999 and we loved disco <laughs> jokes, jokes disco in jokes. 1999. Yeah, it it's really, a real
1: time capsule. It really?
2: I mean, this is as 1999 as a movie can get. I didn't see many uh, collared sweaters in this movie, but
0: <laughs> uh, there was plenty enough to, to go around. But Man. I, oh, go ahead. No. Oh, okay. Uh... I also wanted to say I do think and you know we don't get to say thank God for M. Night Shyamalan too often (laughs) every now and again I think the key reason this movie failed so hard is it opened the same weekend as The Sixth Sense I saw one and a half of them in the
2: same day (laughs) (laughs) because this is the only movie I've ever walked out on that's fantastic I saw Sixth Sense and I was like ooh Scary, and then I was like, "But I like superheroes too." And I went across the hall, and I was like, "Oh man, I got my Wizard magazine." They th- they said this movie's gonna be hysterical, and I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, oh, this is gonna keep going on." And oh, I, so you matured in the theater? <laughs>
1: yes. <but laughs>
2: it was. From, I read like sexual Steve's, maturity Steve in, in said three it's hours. Like
0: a coming of age at the movies moment. <laughs> went from a comic book boy to a comic book
1: man. <laughs> That he joined that dumb Kevin Smith show. Uh so we got Greg Kinnear in this movie, and he's supposed to be like your Superman. Yeah, I, I guess he's like he's. I guess
2: I would say closer to a Batman. Well, because you don't really they don't really establish him whether or not he has superpowers because he looks like he doesn't but he might it just looks like the suit it looks like the yeah, suit
0: it's like yeah. a mechanized super, yeah, it's like a super suit like a gadget he's an inspector gadget yeah, yeah.
1: but he's he's like a he's a billionaire yeah sure
0: yeah. oh i see yeah 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 he, but know. he's also got the glasses like superman right well it's uh yeah it's a real uh, so composite maybe, idea so maybe it is more like a an iron man type situation where he just he just doesn't have the helmet like, that he's got be. an entire suit that does all the little, you know, wacky things. He's
1: also got uh, a suit with a bunch of sponsorships on it, like a fucking NASCAR jacket. That's funny because it's it's cynicism. It's 90s
2: cynicism, right, everybody? But we're also making money off of it because we are. <laughs> we definitely are using real sl- slogans and real... Oh, yeah. It's real Pepsi, and don't worry about it. There's Pepsi
1: in this movie. <laughs> oh, there's... I, you know what? I was watching this movie, and I was drinking a Gatorade, and I was like, you know, man... I wish this Gatorade was an ice cold Pepsi. <laughs> it worked. It totally worked on me. What does leave? <laughs> but he's got uh, he's got a manager in famed illusionist Ricky J. Like he saves the day at that bank ro- or the old folks home robbery we mentioned, where the gang is led by Artie Lang for eight point two seconds. The red eyes.
0: The greatest trick Ricky Jay ever pulled was making the world believe he had a career. <laughs> Ricky Jay is huge in the world of magic. Well, in the wor- ma- world of magic, yes. Like that, do you ever see that documentary about him? The, yeah, the, I, I remember the poster.
1: It's uh, it's pretty fascinating. He was on, like, The Tonight Show a lot in the 70s and stuff. It's like he really had that magic racket He's, going. But then David Mamet was like,
0: why don't you act in my movies? Yeah, they're like best buds. I, I saw them talk, uh, do a talk together once, and it was just the most boring thing I've ever Let
1: been. me guess. It was 98% uh, uh, not Ricky Jay speaking. Uh, you're
0: accurate on that guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One of the
2: circles of Steve Sadek hell is sitting down with a group of magicians listening to them talk about... Their craft <laughs> just like just being stuck in a room with a bunch of magicians, just telling all the old magician stories. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, and they're all doing card tricks. And they want you, have you ever had someone do a magic trick for you where it's just you and someone else, like, hey man, I'm a magician? And you're like, uh huh, and they're like, no, 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 wait, wait, pick a card. I'm like, oh my god, I really, I'm really. <laughs> I'm not seven years old. And at the end of this, I have to be surprised. Or you know, else this he's going to do another one. It's
1: right here on my fucking plate. If you want an amazing experience. I don't know if this movie ever came out. Because uh-huh. uh, I get a lot of stuff that comes across my desk. Sure. That's never going to see the light of day. But there was this movie. It's a documentary about little kid magicians that go to magic camp. <laughs> The laughs never stop. Like, you know how you watch those, like, kid-centric documentaries, like uh, Spellbound, where there's, like, wacky kids and you laugh at them? Sure. Think about that. But they're also rehearsing magic
0: routines. I just don't understand why you would do that to it. Like, why would a parent say, look, what I want to do is send my kid to magic camp because in a couple of years I want a psychiatry bill. (laughs) I mean, that's, I mean, there, it's A to B here, guys. It's not like there's any stop off.
1: Well, it's like, okay. You know, when I was a little kid, I will fully confess, I had an interest in magic. Like, sure. I had a couple of magic books, and I could do some card tricks and ring sure. tricks and what like that. And I grew out of it. So it's like these kids are going there. It helps with, like, sure. you know, social skills and everything. It's totally fine. But on the outside, just watching it, it's so fucking entertaining because it's just kids, like, getting yelled at and, like, <laughs> Getting frustrated that their stage presence isn't great. And like the best is, well, there's the kids who are really into it and they take it super seriously. Sure. But then there's the kids that are terrible at it. And it's like the parents just paid money to be like, just go here, get out of my fucking face for a couple of weeks oh, they're so bad. Because if there's one thing that's worse than magic,
0: oh, it's bad magic. Every three months, they have to fucking kill the bunny. <laughs> <It's> like they <laughs> got to bury the bunny in the backyard. Oh, we got to get another Ruffles in here. One of these days, Milton
1: is going to get the hang of this trick. <laughs> but until then, please welcome Ruffles the 7th. <laughs> well, that's, that's why you get rabbits. They keep fucking. You, keep, <laughs> you get a new rabbit. You get a new rabbit. But so Ricky J is the manager, and it's a lot of horse shit. Like the whole, the whole gimmick of this movie is that uh, this guy. What is he? Captain 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 Amazing. Captain amazing. Because that, that
2: took six seconds to write. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's one of those placeholder things that yeah. somehow made it all the way into the movie. All but so the, Captain the Amazing it. Yeah, <laughs> he's so amazing at being Captain Amazing that there's no more crime left in Champion City, and it's going through like. What about this guy? Oh, he's doing two life sentences. What about this guy? Got the death penalty? What about Casanova Frankenstein? Oh, he's up for parole, and that's like the biggest bit of horseshit in this movie is that because he doesn't want to go out of business or lose sponsorship he uh, he being Greg Kinnear as Captain Amazing goes to the parole hearing and like says like "Oh, I've got a note." from Captain Amazing that says that he's reformed and he should come out just so he can fucking have crime to fight? It's so dumb. In a very Burton-esque looking parole hearing scene, like yeah. a lot of
0: long angles. Yeah, you you're know, totally
1: like, right. That shot of looking like down at Jeffrey
0: Rush. Yes, and, and the reveal of the, him reading the letter and it being his fucking grocery list. That is a Burton reveal if I've ever seen one. So I, I, I'm with and you. And should keep an eye out for these as the conversation continues. Yeah. Jeffrey Rush kind of
2: looks like uh, he looks exactly like the Marquis de Sade in this scene. He like does. he's
0: just <laughs> a
1: little quills joke for anybody. It's uh, he also kind of looks like Gary Oldman in
0: that third Harry Potter movie, <laughs> like before he gets out of jail. It would be great if Jeffrey Rush just invent Casanova, Casanova Frankenstein, got up and just put his hand in his asshole Here's and started qu- writing things on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Jeffrey Rush shows cock in that
1: movie, and yeah. God bless him because it was cold on that set. Yeah, they're filming in that castle. That yeah. guy was hiding. Anybody know if Jake, uh, if uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Rush called J.K. Rowling
2: a bitch at any point? Because I can't imagine why else he wouldn't be in Harry Potter. Like literally, <laughs> like how how did they miss him? Like, I mean, I guess it was probably you. Can, once Voldemort goes to Finds, Jeffrey Rush is like, ah, fuck, yeah. <laughs> Because you
1: can you, he's either playing the big villain or nothing. I yeah, think, well, I
0: think it was he. It would it was him or Gary Oldman. I, I think that's the role. Yeah, he really that, wanted. That's, I mean, you know no, what? He probably called J.K. Rowlett a strumpet. <laughs> strumpet. <laughs> that's <laughs> probably what got her. He was stuck in traffic. He's like, "Look at this stupid cow!" <laughs>
2: like, "Come on, get out of here, you silly cow!" And she's like. I'm a billionaire. Like, I don't care, you stupid cow!
0: This is actually my clone that you're talking <laughs> to right now. I have three of these. Well, sometimes, like, if you're, like,
1: going back and watching, like, a Mike Lee movie, and yes. it's, you know, because, like, Lee uses his stable yeah. of English actors. Yeah. Most of them went on to be in Harry Potter movies. And you're watching, like, old Mike Lee movies, and you're like, well, why wasn't that person in Harry <laughs> no, exactly. Potter? exactly. Like, How did this person miss the Harry Potter train? Or I guess it would be the Hogwarts Express. Well, now it's going to be, I mean,
2: maybe Jeffrey Rush will, you know, mend some fences and be in that beasts and how to know them or whatever.
1: Oh, yeah. They're turning that into like three movies. Yeah, course you got to do four to five of those. (laughs)
0: It's (laughs) one story. You need at least five stories to tell one story.
1: (laughs) Peter Jackson, the fuck out of that book. (laughs)
0: Tell a story in less than nine hours. You must be out of your fucking
1: mind. I would like to get the head count on people in the world still interested in that third Hobbit film. It
0: gets less and less every day. <laughs> I mean, at this point, you just got to do it to get it the fuck over with. Like what? I mean, really, at this point, it's just getting it the fuck over with. I know, but it's like I didn't even see the second one. I, I I kind of defend the second one. I, I liked the, the whole smog thing, I thought was great.
1: You know what burned me about the first one, though, is I saw it in that high frame rate. Yeah. Ruined the whole thing.
2: It, it's a bit of a problem. Looked
1: like a shit video game.
2: You know what didn't burn you in that first one? A dragon,
0: because there's no
1: <laughs> fucking dragon in that movie. You know what? There's a lot of shadow of dragons, though. A lot so of, that's, you know, uh,
0: pantry jokes. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of those strong ones. Ben Stiller, and, oh my
2: God,
1: a dragon! <laughs> I want that movie.
2: <laughs> so I mean, they're just losers. They lo- like you know. So Casanova Frankenstein gets out of jail. He blows up an insane asylum. He sidles up to Lena Olin, who's in this movie as his psychiatrist, and you think that's gonna be a relationship that happens, and like she's his number two, and here
1: comes a sexy villain. No, nah. she she like goes. She literally outside. just disappears from this movie. Yes, yeah, she had to go on vacation away from Champion City for
0: most of the movie. Well, well, I mean, do you remember that every time that you think you're about to see a character emerge in this movie, you're wrong. <laughs> you're dead fucking wrong. Because Casanova Frankenstein isn't really a character either. No. And it, it bothers the shit out of you because there's no conflict.
2: No, there's not he he's a villain and he's like, I have a villain machine that's gonna and, villain something. And I'm
0: gonna rule ch- Champion City. Where is your fucking plan? Why are you doing this? And he's not funny, and Jeffrey Rush can be very funny. He like, can be incredibly funny. Well, that's
1: that is the thing. Everyone in this movie huh, let's not get nuts. Well, I guess I've <laughs> I've laughed at Kel Mitchell a couple times in my childhood. Sure. But I mean You know who didn't Lorne Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I tell you something great? So uh Uh, uh, Like three weeks ago, I I was going to see the X Men movie, yeah. And I'm walking down the street, and it was in Midtown, and I fucking hate Midtown, you know. So I just got my head down, Mm. hating life till I get to the theater. Sure. And uh, I'm walking, and I I cross the street. I'm walking down 42nd Street. I see this little wiener dog. And I'm like, oh, look at that little wiener dog. He's such a little wiener. That's great. And then I look up, and there's this huge, tall guy, this huge, tall big man yeah. walking this dog. And I was like, ha that's even great. It's a little dog and a big man. <laughs> Icing on the cake, that big man, Kenan Thompson, just walking this tiny little dog. And we, we make eye contact, and he's like... Yeah, I know you're looking at me because I'm walking a small dog. I'm a big ass <laughs> dude walking a small dog. Because I mean, like, come on, but you're Keenan Thompson. You're famous. You're famous. want <laughs> someone to walk up like a dog? Man, it's it's got to burn Kel so bad oh, that he every that he made it on Saturday Night Live, right? It's just got to. But I mean, you look. I mean, I've seen a Keenan Thompson in a couple of things. That's not SNL. Yeah, that fucking Fat Albert movie. Yeah. He's way more talented of an actor than Kel Mitchell is. You see, oh, Kell in this movie, his timing movie, is way better. He's he, he's just a funnier guy, yeah. and you see Kel in this movie, and you're like, how how did you even get on the Nickelodeon shows? Well, he's got he's probably the most ill
2: defined of all of the mystery man, if, if such a thing could exist, because everybody's <laughs> got their their type. Like
1: you know, uh, Hank Azaria lives with his mother, and you know it's that shit. <sighs> You know, uh, did everybody hear my frustrated sigh? I hope that went on the air You want to do it again?
0: Tick two? (sighs) Yeah, that's... We'll we'll go with two. Well,
1: because the one thing I wanted to interrupt about Hank Azaria living with his mother is... Because last week, you were doing the fucking Rodney push-button warning. Sure. In this movie, he's living with his mother. It's the whole, like, don't come in my room shit. And the mother has the old... Are you on the marijuana oh. joke?
2: adding the to an indefinite <laughs> article to marijuana. Congratulations!
1: It makes her square, <laughs> you yeah. see. Uh-huh. Oh, I see, because the kids don't call it that, do they, Andrew? No, they don't. Oh, I I hate that shit. I hate the get-out-of-my-room-mom joke. I really fucking despise oh, it. Oh, <laughs> honey, you're
0: so off-kilter. You must be on the drug things.
1: It's like, no, but he does walk around pretending to be this... Uh, British Indian colonial gentleman. Uh, You should probably have that looked into. Uh, Deep seated issue. That's another terrible thing. Is like he's talking in this like you know English Indian accent type thing because it's Hank Azaria, so he's got to do a voice. And then the 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 like joke on top of the joke is that when the mom comes in, it's like, "Ma," you know, and he drops the accent, and you're like, "Oh boy, oh boy." (laughs) Is that just terrible? I mean, if he wasn't a mystery
2: man, he'd be a catfish, though, right? Like, <laughs> There's no other to, Wait, there's he, two. Wait,
1: he would... Now, what does it mean if you are the catfish? You're leading people on you're or leading, you're being people, led? You're leading people on. You are the catfish. Oh, yeah. I swear to God. I'm a billionaire. <laughs> I'm uh, oh, I'm
2: a sexy woman. Click, 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 oh, click, 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 click. Send me all the pictures. Click, 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 click,
1: click. Yeah, I, wa- I do want to touch on, like, everyone's home life, at yeah. least
2: out of these, like, three mains... T- plus ten points in this movie for William H Macy. He's a picked husband, b- henpecked husband, but he is in an, inter- in an interracial relationship, which gets no comment. T- plus ten points. Yeah, exactly. It was 1999. It, that shit was a
1: pretty rare back then. You totally didn't do it, uh, and it's fucking awesome. It's like you see. Not su- interracial relationships, obviously interracial relationships <laughs> no, in, the sp- no, in movies. Th- in movies, yes, yes, yes. It's not 1960s Alabama. It wasn't against the law. (laughs) We repealed those laws at that point. But it's awesome because it's like he comes home and he makes mention of the wife before, like, oh, my wife's going to have my balls. Yeah. And then he goes home and he walks by a family portrait and it's him, a black woman, and three, uh, you know, multiracial kids. And it's awesome. And, and it's, it's just, nobody fucking says anything. Like, there's no line, he has a party at his house, a bunch of people come over, and there's no, like, that's your wife. Yeah. Which, like, I'm sorry, this is a rotten-ass fucking movie written by idiots. Like, that line could have easily made its way. Oh, yeah,
0: and absolutely. that shit
2: was all over the 90s. I mean, look at uh, me, myself, and Irene's got that shit. It's like, I got black kids. and I mean, that's a joke, oh, yeah. but at the same time, <laughs> yeah, like, it's yeah. not, like, it's it, there's so much of that shit going on in the 90s, where it's like... It, it 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 denotes something weird, like a character weakness, if you're in an interracial relationship. Right. Yeah. But this is just a movie where it's like, hey, this shit happens. This is the world we live in, and shut up about it.
0: <laughs> I want one watch... credit to Mystery
1: <laughs> Men. I want to watch a movie where it's them living their life and dealing with like possibly getting shit on for it, yeah. or getting support for it. I want to see their love
0: story. Yeah. I want to see all of that. John Cassavetes, The Shoveler. <laughs> Shadows to the Shoveler. <laughs> Just shovels. No, just call it shovels. <laughs> Here's a problem.
2: What the fuck does William H. Macy do for a living? Nothing.
1: Like does he just? Yeah, do- nothing. I mean, she, coal she also, miner. No,
2: but she says you've been doing this for twelve years, <laughs> which is nuts.
1: Like that makes you such a loser, and man. That <laughs> brings <laughs> up that. Thank you for this because I need to get this out of the way, please. There is nothing more pathetic ignorant and stupid than people in the real world in our world that walk around pretending to be superheroes nope. that shit that fucking dude in seattle wh- whatever that guy was a couple years back all phoenix, these, jones. Phoenix, phoenix jones phoenix jones yeah all these morons that dress up just give me a break go get a job stay at home and don't have a job i don't give a fuck just don't do this because it's the worst thing i've ever seen and what? it doesn't translate to interesting movie making either. I'll 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 guarantee you that. Why
0: not do something like if you're in that situation, why not I mean, I I, I always assume they all got fucking like turned down by the cops. Oh, yeah. Every single one. Oh uh, my, no, That's my assumption every single time. Absolutely. Absolutely. You could have been doing something genuinely good for society, but you're either no, A, I, such a fat fuck that you can't <laughs> fucking make it over the wall.
1: Well, that's like those fat guys in, like, Dark Knight that are dressing up like Batman.
0: Hockey pants. Or, <laughs> more than likely, you have a severe psychological issue. More, well, than, the, more than likely. There's yeah.
1: something that kept you from getting accepted to the police academy. It's you're the guy that needs to be on the side of the
2: road, dressed like, you know, take a picture with batman but then you're like maybe i am batman no 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 no, you're not no no no. no, you're a
0: dangerous loner and you should just (laughs) your name's daniel just remember that my name's daniel not bruce not bruce wayne (laughs) i mean it's just so fucking stupid like you know who's a hero a fucking firefighter exactly that's a hero an
1: emt a fucking hero cop any of these things and you know what doesn't work in the real world superheroes because it's It's not black and white. There's no supervillains. And I'm just going to shoot you in the face. (laughs) Yep. If I'm a criminal and Phoenix fucking Jones comes up to me, I'm going to take buckshot to his jaw. And that's the last time anyone will
0: hear of fucking Phoenix Jones. Guess what? A little bit of surprise for you. That tinfoil mask you got on? Not adamantium. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's so
1: dumb. And they always crop up. Any time, like a movie, like when the kick-ass movies come out, oh, it happened happen both times because you have to hear about it when these movies come out. Of course. These, oh, these real-life vigilantes. Here, application to Dunkin' Donuts. Get out of my <laughs> face. You wanted to be a cop? Go serve cops donuts. It's almost
0: the same thing. It's the closest you're going to get to being a cop. Do you know how to use a microwave? That's all you need to know to work at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> There's more to it than that, Chris. <laughs> they don't even br- bake the fucking donuts there they're <laughs> delivered on a truck
1: dunkin donuts is the biggest scam of all time we, time to make the donuts once that dude died they started trucking them in because yeah. that little guy wasn't there to make the donuts at dawn <laughs> to
2: every franchise I, he's
1: like the santa claus of dunkin oh, donuts. don't microwave it you'll
2: ruin it well he'll be dead soon <laughs> We'll make these donuts this one last time. Can't wait till he's
0: fucking dead so I can microwave these goddamn donuts. Well, I think he just like, he figured out like the perfect donut recipe and they've just been working off his donuts. He worked so hard during all those years making the donuts every yeah. morning oh, yeah. that they're just working off a surplus of what they've had for all those years.
1: So, goddamn mystery man. So, Jeffrey Rush blows up this nut house. And Greg Kinnear shows up to be like, oh, we're playing this game again, are we? I'll capture you now. And then, whoops, he gets kidnapped by Jeffrey Rush because he flew too close to the sun or something. He gets
0: gassed. Like, he gets he, gassed. Yeah. Because it's a whole fucking joke. It's a stupid ass joke again. Where he's like, oh, what's this? A fucking, you know, rubber dildo. And then he opens it up and a big thing of gas hits him. And Dude, it, if it was a huge like rubber dildo and something
1: shot out in Greg Kinnear's face, great gag, Mystery Men.
2: <laughs> well, th- what this movie loves to do, and poor old Tom Waits has to do the the brunt of it, is like mad scientist garbage gags, yeah. where it's like it's a self defibrillating such and such, it's an electromagnetic, you know, like it's just yeah. it goes. There's a hundred of these. Someone bought a fucking kids joke book full of. <laughs> Full of mad
1: scientist puns and just used them all. It's like, you know, how Star Trek, you know, you if you read up about like production stuff with Star Trek, like they always have like the science advisor, like who they call in and they're like, read this script and let us know the words we can use to make this fucking gobbledygook sound believable. Yeah. That dude was busy for Mystery Men, and it's all just names of kids' Nerf toys. That guy, that guy had a heart attack on the highway
2: on the way over, and they're like, "Well, we, shit, we gotta pay, I mean, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, gotta pay his widow out. something," you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, after that's done, we've got no money left. Oh no, Tim Burton's leaving; it's all falling apart. <laughs> I kind of, uh, I like the idea of Tim Burton directing this movie in a Phantom of the Opera mask. <laughs> I'm the mystery man. <laughs> no, Cal. You have to
1: do it this way. It's uh,
0: it's, it's actually very interesting. In the uh, first scene you see of him, it, when he's gonna get parole, his hair is in front of his face, and actually, it was played by Johnny Depp for that one scene. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or no, an even funnier idea is that Tom Waits just didn't give a shit and thought Jeffrey Rush was Tim Burton.
0: <laughs> 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 Oh, I guess Tim Burton's directing this movie weird. Yeah, he seems like the head honcho
1: around here. <laughs> that man carries himself with a lot of authority. Uh,
2: Jeffrey Rush is just like he's, like he's not giving uh Tim Burton direction. He's like, wow, that AD's doing a lot of work. <laughs> I didn't so- know Tim Burton was like a Warren Beatty type getting in the getting in the
0: scenes. Now I really want to read like Jeffrey Rush's autobiography. You know, uh, Tom kept on coming up to me and kept on asking me what his, his, his goals were. What, what his engine was. And I said, I don't give a fuck. You're a nothing character. I'm the main villain. I, I told him I'm a huge fan. I love swordfish trombones, but uh, I, I don't know what to tell you here, Tom. And to keep the joke train rolling,
1: Ben Stiller works at a junkyard. <laughs> Junk it! <laughs> Listen, there is a recurring gag in this movie... That is not funny. It's an anti-gag. Yeah. Is the whole, like... I'm going to go back and forth with a character in an Uh, argumentative tone. This happens between Ben Stiller and the Junkyard Lady. It happens between Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo quite a bit in this movie. It's the like the, you do this. No, you do that. No, you do
0: this. No, you do that. And it goes on. Well, I mean, if you want to talk about Denzel Washington always playing the cop role... Fucking Ben Stiller is always getting yammered at by by older women. Like, every single movie, some (laughs) older woman's got to give him the business because it's (laughs) supposed to be the funniest fucking thing in the world. And this one goes on for much longer than it should. It's... Intolerable, and she's only got one
2: scene, and you you would think like it she it was like you know Blythe Danner or somebody like it's just some old lady they pulled off the street off the bus, and it's like why are we giving this woman such gravitas? Why does this movie need to be two hours long?
1: This movie, for everybody keeping score, is two minutes shorter than Star Wars,
0: so. You know what? It's as long as Star Wars. Yeah, which is very frustrating. Yeah, it's it, a, theater experience—it's as long as Star Wars yes. with the previews and everything. Oh yeah, a, yeah, it's 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 equal. Now. It's
2: a thousand parsecs worse. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ew.
1: <laughs> so you know, they hear that Captain Amazing has been kidnapped, and they're like, "Oh, we got a fucking our chance. You we got to do something about it." Because they meet him earlier in the movie at the old folks' heist.
0: Where he's picking up grannies.
1: And, you know, they're like, oh, he snubbed us. He's a dick. We'll never be as good as Captain Amazing. Well, now's our chance to save him. You know, clearly he, he must have been kidnapped by Casanova Frankenstein. But we're only three people. You know, what we need is a team. And this is like I think the most famous part of the movie is this
0: audition sequence because this shit was all over the trailer. Also happens to be my least favorite scene in the sequence in the entire movie. I think it's everybody's.
2: It's a runner. It's it's concentrated what
0: this movie really wants to be, which is like,
2: isn't it a silly superhero name? But it
0: gets like so. This is where this movie tips into being like kind of like shitty, not offensive necessarily, but just out there. Just like you shouldn't be doing this, guys. Yeah. The PMS Avenger? I only work four
1: days a month. Is everybody following along to the PMS Avenger joke? Once again, she only works four days a month.
0: Uh, and she's got a red suit on.
1: Oh, mercy if me. If
0: she
2: was a full-on Mystery Man character, her fucking real name would be Flo, and then some <laughs> old fucking vet would laugh, and that's it. <laughs> Some old, lonely vet would laugh. We got Dane Cook as the waffler. And this is the 90s because both Kel Mitchell and Dane Cook have bleach blonde hair. Because you need to do that shit, man. If, if oh, yeah. You're either, you either have a fucking a, a, a collar on your sweater. You've got <laughs> bleach blonde hair. You're wearing a chamois. Shirt of some kind. Oh, yeah. Yep. Some kind of silver jewelry's got to be everywhere. And goggles upon
1: goggles. <laughs> yeah, like the sunglasses goggles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like what uh, Seth Green wears and Can't Hardly
0: Wait. Yep. Like those goggles all over the I place. I think most members of uh, Power Man 5000 had these. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> that was a goggle-tastic group, Chris.
1: You know, that, th- this whole thing brings to mind another time capsule film that uh, the misses and I watched the other night. Watch that uh, Josie and the Pussycats movie. Yeah. And I still stand by, it's like a decently funny movie. That's a decently funny movie. But uh, yeah, like we weren't watching it for show purposes. We were like, oh wow, haven't seen this in a while. But man, that movie, like none of that movie exists anymore. Nope. Nope. Like it is a time capsule if you've ever seen one. You're just looking at everything, like the actors that are in it, the things that they're talking about. Like, there's. N- I think the thing that only exists today still is fucking Alan Cumming and Target. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it. Like, you're just watching it. Like, TRL's a main plot point and Carson Daly's a villain and all this other shit. And you're just like, none of this is real. Tara Reid doesn't exist anymore. The Egg Girl.
2: Rachel Lee Cook, do you think on 9 11 Carson Daly was just like, "Well, my day is done." <laughs> just like <laughs> he figured it out. It's like, "Oh, fuck, no one's going to give a shit about
1: me anymore." Yeah, <laughs> no, now I gotta go have a show that starts at 12:30 because this is a different America.
2: <laughs> my America has ended.
1: Uh, yeah, I feel like the reign of TRL ended with 9/ 11. It's entirely possible. <laughs> So this one is of the, they pick up Janine Garofalo. Yes, we get Janine Garofalo as the bowler. And oh also we didn't mention they hang out in a diner quite a bit where Claire Forlani is a put upon waitress and that's all she is.
2: I mean it's really just like a, a sitcom. Like it's it's beats of sitcom. Yeah. Like A Mystery Men TV show would be terrible, but if they, like, tried a season and then cobbled it together into a movie, it would be this. Well, because it's just like, and
1: then they're sitting at a diner, and you're just like, oh, well, for God's sake, how many times are these superheroes going to sit at this fucking diner and order a sandwich? But, Andrew, isn't it
2: hysterical that superheroes would be at a diner? Isn't that making you your your gut bust? Like, I mean, have you ever seen Superman order a cup of coffee?
1: (laughs) I haven't. The Flash wants an egg white omelet and he might get a little frustrated. <laughs> so, oh, so well, in one of these sequences where they're hanging out the diner, we can't forget one of the most important mystery men doing his best emo Phillips impression <laughs> is Paul Rubens as The Spleen, the spleen whose power is shooting farts at people. I know everybody, you had to pull your car over cuz that's the funniest thing we've said yet.
0: And they're really smelly, too, like super duper smell like, you know, clear an airplane out. They yeah, like people you've been pass out.
1: like, deviled eggs for four days kind of farts, you know what I mean? They, and they were mostly in mayonnaise. <laughs> you ate, like, two-thirds of a Crave case the
2: night before, Ugh. and then you woke up and you found, like, ooh, like, egg salad breakfast, and you had it. And then you thought you could go to work that day, and then you're like,
1: "Oh, fuck, I'm gonna get fired." <laughs> <laughs> so you sat in the in your car in the parking lot while your asshole falls out of your body, <laughs>
0: exactly. drinking
1: extra gold, <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, some fucking serious banquet <laughs> beer. But that's, I mean, we're just sitting here, and it's just a scene where Pee Wee Herman tells you he's got the smelliest farts in the continental U.S. (laughs) And then aims farts at people and shoots them in the face with farts. But what's stupid is he needs to get his finger pulled, which is touch bullshit.
2: Like I've (laughs) Just fucking fart. uh, I've always hated that. Like, you don't need your, it's a bad fucking dad joke, and I get it. If no one pulls my finger, I'm going to
0: explode and we're going to have problems here. Yeah, it, just, Look, it becomes a real problem in the middle of this fucking movie. <laughs> Look, I'm not Batman unless I can start the scene hanging up from the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, here's the other thing, though.
1: Okay, the spleen... If you really need your finger pulled in order for you to pass gas in someone's face, pull your own fucking finger. Exactly. Why does it have to be somebody else's finger?
0: Why don't you have like, a, a, and this is just me trying to get into the mind of this asshole who wrote this. Oh, I thought but, you, meant get, you said asshole. I thought you were talking about the spleen. No, not his asshole. Necessarily. And why isn't
1: he the colon? Yeah. I, or, why does he have a sidekick
0: whose job it is to pull his <laughs> finger? Well, oh, he man, does. That's when Troyer shows yep, up. Okay, we go.
1: <laughs> No, you guys, that's what Kel Mitchell winds up doing for most of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They are kind of like partnered up when they go on little missions. And all he does is pull Pee Wee Herman's finger.
2: I'm just imagining Kel's resume.
1: And just, you know,
2: it's got you know, Mystery Man. It's like lead, Invisible Boy. The bo- the only bullet point is pulled Pee Wee Herman's finger. <laughs> that's
1: and also it's you like... Need
2: those, you need those verbs in your resume, by the way. You need to start with a strong verb. So pulled is a good one. <laughs>
1: i just don't understand why uh i was thinking about like the design of this character of the spleen like yeah he looks like emo phillips and if you don't know who i'm talking about look him up you may also get a picture of fred stoller but it's closer <laughs> to emo phillips sure. sure, but it's like why does he have to have the pimples on top of everything because he's a loser andrew yeah. i think you might be a lovable loser Oh, he's not, though, because he's farting everywhere. I don't want to love someone that farts in my face. And,
0: yeah. be, and it would be so much funnier if he was like, if he actually looked like like a real superhero. Yeah. Like if he was like a Superman or like a Batman type, really handsome Very guy. Very distinguished. And you just, get a Nathan Fillion type playing this role. And then role. he's just blowing ass everywhere.
1: <laughs> That'd be great. That's,
0: that's how the joke works. You
1: don't get the ugliest sewer-treading looking character and then also have him rip fucking ass. It's either he's handsome and he farts, mm-hmm. or he's ugly and he's like super strong, yeah, or yeah. whatever. You can't have him be both, because then it's just a goblin, and I don't want him <laughs> on my superhero team. <laughs> yeah. No, I really—he actually kind of does look like uh, Dane DeHaan's Green Goblin just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, there's been so many great descriptions of what. Dane DeHaan in that movie looks like. And I don't remember who said it, but someone said something like, it looks like uh, he's like a lizard with stage four cancer or <laughs> something like that. He looks utterly terrible. He's in a that jaundiced movie. werewolf in that movie. <laughs> See, it's things like that. It's great. It's a fun meme.
2: I mean, like, so the mystery, uh, and, you know, Gina Garofalo is just. Sarcastic Gina Garofalo. She's doing fine in this movie. This is yeah. like she's kind of the best one. She, I mean, she's a, a professional. She just she, shows up to do the fucking jokes. This is yeah. prime Jeannie Garofalo. She's super sarcastic. It works, and she does have really good chemistry with Ben Stiller. So, like, yeah. because he's not doing the Ben Stiller, I'm angry guy when he's talking to Gina Garofalo. He's just kind of doing bits. But what's weird is at
1: the beginning when they're having these tryouts at William H Macy's pool party. Yep, uh, <laughs> she shows up late, and Ben Stiller is like. Like his character is a real asshole to her for seemingly no reason, yeah. other than like he's frustrated that he's on a bad team of fake superheroes. So whose fault is that, Ben Stiller? It's not fucking the bowler's fault. No, it's because she has
0: she has an actual power. Oh, I see. And, and he's getting like frustrated. Everybody else is like, "Oh man, this is so great. None of us can do fucking anything. Here's right. somebody who can do." fucking something! And this is like the first time in this movie where we're
1: introduced to out-and-out out magic, because she's got this magic bowling ball with the skull of her father inside it. A Mars Attacks-looking skull, everybody. Point one for
2: Tom Waits. Yeah, you're totally right. Let's yeah. let's chalk it up. And he also thinks Maggie Smith was in Dracula, but it was actually just
0: <laughs> Gary Oldman in <and> drag. <laughs> yeah, she had this whole bouffant going, <laughs> and uh, I mean she, she, she looked... She looked a little peaked. I'm going to say it. I'll tell you, Maggie Smith's pretty scary in person. <laughs> and I mean, look, you know, I'm not going to call anybody out, but she needs a manicure. Long ass nails.
1: Did you guys know Anthony Hopkins turned out to be in that movie? <laughs> Boy, I wasn't paying attention.
2: It really lost it, man. There's a lovely young girl <laughs> named Keanu. <laughs>
1: I just love him being horrendously clueless about everything he's been a part of. <laughs> yeah, that Seven Psychopaths was great. Turned
0: out Colin Farrell was in that movie. <laughs> I learned two years later. <laughs> and it was. It was. Still like, haven't seen it though. Real honor. Real honor meeting Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mr. Waits, please sit down.
1: <laughs> but I mean, I. It, It's very Mars Attacks-ish, this is called. It is, you're right. So, I mean, the whole thing is the bowling ball's magic because she can throw it, and it goes all over the place. It's not just bouncing off of things. Like, it's little Janine Garofalo throwing a bowling ball, and it hits all sorts of things. It supposedly has a mind of its own because the soul of her dead father. Right. Which is, I mean, it's a magic thing. And it takes you completely by surprise in the movie because I'm sitting here like, I thought the whole thing was this movie's just losers yeah. that throw silverware and fart at you. Yes. But even the farting is magic. Yes. Because Pee Wee Herman like, looks at these people and he's just like, uh, okay, that guy, that guy, and that guy. And it's like, toot, toot, toot. And they all get hit in the face by farts. Magic
2: farting. And again, the mystery men are like, oh, fuck, who wants this guy on our team? He's the only guy that could do anything.
0: That's a valuable skill. Doesn't involve a fucking shovel or a fork. Or throwing a tantrum which is all Ben Stiller's doing. I I hate I hate Ben
1: Stiller in this movie. Yeah. It's frustrating. Like I feel the fury inside of me. Yeah. Uh, when I think about how obnoxious he is in this movie. Like th- we I said this before we went on the air, but if anyone hasn't seen this movie, try to figure out like what sort of mindset Ben Stiller is or what kind of Ben Stiller he's doing. Everybody's probably seen Meet the Parents, the scene at the end of the movie where he, he yells at the stewardess and he, well, you can't say bomb on an airplane and whatever. Yeah. And he's getting very fast talking and loud. And it's just that one scene. Yep. And then all of a sudden Robert De Niro is bailing him out of jail. He's doing that for this whole movie. It's that episode of Friends that he does. Like, for ni- instead of six
2: minutes, it's ni- 90 minutes of just him. in this two-hour movie because he is our main
1: character that we love so much. Even when he's done over-the-top villains like Heavyweights or... uh, or, uh, 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 Dodgeball. uh, Happy Gilmore, Dodgeball, uh, all those movies, it's still like he's playing like a sly villain and it's fine. Like, if he's not even making villains go over the top... Why are you doing this? Like, it's just, it's the absolute worst. More <laughs> off the
2: IMDb trivia. Uh, ben Stiller asked to be released from this movie halfway through.
1: Good for him.
2: Yeah. No, honestly, good for him. He got into a fight with Greg Kinnear and they, he was like, I just want to get out of this fucking movie. Really? Getting in a fight
1: with Greg Kinnear? Yeah. They barely have a scene together. <laughs> they barely, I, I think that's on purpose. <laughs> you think Tim Burton was like, of Stillers trying to get out of this, uh, yes, I yes. can definitely get out of this. I'm not in front of the let's, fucking camera. Let's go ahead and parlay this.
2: <laughs> He's like, uh, Tim, what do you want to do with this scene? You turn around, there's just nothing but purple
1: smoke. You're like, wait, what? There's there's a cloud of Tim Burton shaped purple smoke, and hanging right at the top of it is a pair of fake Dracula teeth. <laughs> Where did he go? We've got so much of this movie to finish.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. And I mean, so we're, we're the mystery men now. Oh, and uh, Kel Mitchell's uh, superpower is he says he can turn invisible, but only when no one's looking at him, which is kind of funny. And that happens. So we, we finally, we. St- this is when the mystery men meet uh, Casanova Frankenstein 50 times in this movie, fight him 50 times, fail 50 times. <laughs> And, like, have to regroup and be like, well, that wasn't so funny. What else can we do?
1: (laughs) Well, none of those jokes hit. Let's get back to him tomorrow.
2: It just keeps happening. Well, they
1: they make their first, like, big standoff. It's like, oh, is that his car? Let's follow him. And then they, like, cut him off in a tunnel and just get out and, like, stomp on his car. And then guys with guns,
0: actual fucking guns, are scared by a motherfucker with a shovel and a guy who farts. Not a motherfucker. William H. Macy. (laughs)
2: I could beat up William H. Macy. I beat up William H. Macy yesterday. <laughs> he took his lunch money.
1: He <laughs> me the Vig. What do you want? <laughs> just, again, shooting everybody in the face. Just shooting them all in the fucking face. Don't even bring that element into it. Like what are you doing? They're sitting in the car, and Janine Garofalo's got this bowling ball, and she's like, Okay, Eddie Izzard, don't move because I'm gonna throw this bowling ball at you. And inside the limo, Eddie Izzard is just polishing a fucking handgun. And I'm like, get it over with. Well, it's hard for Eddie Izzard to fire a
2: gun when he's trying to do an American accent. Oh, you stole the joke. <laughs> if
1: you didn't finish it that way, that was gonna be my follow up B joke. But you're totally right. It's, it's the bad. worst. And yeah. and again, he's bad. Just. Use your voice. Why could he be a British disco guy? He's a talented actor. He's very eloquently uh, spoken. Yeah. Just, just
2: do it. That's him on Hannibal. He, he's just never had an American accent worth a damn. No, That's, it's uh, it's
1: bad on Hannibal. It was bad on that show, The Riches. Yeah, it kind of ruined The Riches. It was, I mean, that the first season of that show was okay. The second season was really bad, and I we never finished it, but... It's distracting how bad... And I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to believe that you're a fucking gypsy? <laughs> Not everybody's Hugh Laurie,
2: you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Just, it doesn't work for everybody, and it's fine. Like Most of the time, he could just be a British guy. He could be a British guy in Hannibal. He could be a British fucking disco asshole
0: in this. I forget. Does he, uh, does he have an accent in the Oceans movies? I don't I think, think he's. He does. Br- I think
1: he's British in those. I oceans. think. I think he's just Eddie Izzard in those. Is movies. he yeah. okay? Because
0: I had. Yeah. I had a thing in my mind that he actually was doing, and that for a minute I was thinking, is it just him? Does he just like? Does he do it? Like, because you could just ask the guy and be like, "Can I just talk normal?" I mean, I guess there are American parts. You're like, you can do an American accent.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's just, and I know that this obviously works the other way as yeah. well when English people are listening to us butcher their accents. Oh, but, sure, you know. You have to, like, pick a region and do it. You know, that's obviously a lot easier. He's just doing this flat thing. He's trying to just not speak the way he speaks. Yeah. And, you know, he thinks, like, if he just dulls down the way he talks, that's him doing an American accent. And it's not. I'm not saying you have to do, like, a a fucking Brooklyn gangster voice, but, I mean, just do... Something. Do anything. Make a choice. Or just choose to be Eddie Izzard, because you're great, and don't distract your acting ability. Like, yeah. don't distract your performance. You stilt your
0: performance. You yeah. stall
1: your performance consistently. Exactly. Hank Azaria, on the other hand, is doing, like, four different fucking voices in this I movie. I mean, he's wearing a fucking turban throughout this movie. <laughs> I mean, like, come on, everybody. pre nine eleven, it wasn't offensive
2: yet. <laughs> I mean, like, and he keeps making, I mean, it's kind of a joke about, like, I mean, first of all, everybody knows what the fucking history of India and in- England is. First of all, he's like, hey, everybody, the history of India and England. And everyone's like, wait, what? It's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> We've all seen that first Temple of Doom, all right? <laughs> <laughs> when the Brits come in and save everybody, because that's, that's exactly what India needed. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Steven Spielberg. I apologize.
1: You know, Stephen, if uh, we set the second film in India, there's a lot of uh, great political subtext we could put into it. Also,
0: monkey brains. <laughs> also, there could be a Sarlacc under the main let's
2: <laughs> Just, you know, Savalba is available. <laughs> He's... A-
0: <laughs> the bulb
1: in a turban, Stephen. And
0: it's not that old <laughs> shitty Sarlacc. It's the brand new CGI
1: Sarlacc. It's the uh, special edition Sarlacc, Stephen. I don't think you've seen it yet. Because every time I ask you, hey, Stephen, did you see the new special editions? You keep saying you'll get to it next
0: weekend. It's next weekend. Watch my special editions. It has seven tongues to hold up my turkey neck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I mean, like they—it's literally fail, 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 and they're like, "We need one more person for our team," and then another person with superpowers shows up, which it's is this dude.
1: Yeah, the what is it? The Phoenix,
2: the, the Sphinx, Blue,
1: the Blue Sphinx,
2: or oh, no, is I think the, it's, it's just, just the, just the, the Sphinx. Sphinx. Oh, just Sphinx. the Sphinx. It's okay. Westudy. Goddamn yes.
0: Westudy. In this fucking movie! Well, because why not? I mean, he was in, like, it. doesn't he play, uh, he's Street Fighter, he's one of the guys. Uh, he plays, uh, Sagat. He is Sagat. So, I guess it kind of makes sense, but man, fucking, you were in Last of You worked with Michael Mann, come on here. Yeah, exactly, you're amazing <laughs> in Last of the Mohegans. Like, get out of town being in Mystery man. And he's just doing, like,
2: a bunch of, like, you know, I'm the wise character, guess why? <laughs> uh, just, <laughs> well, I'm they the go w- to camp! They do go
1: this movie goes to camp. They go to out and out superhero camp. It's just like these idiot old people that pay to go to rock camp. Oh my god. And I, oh, just buy uh, a fucking guitar and go home. That's you know what? That's a podcast for another day. Rock and roll camps. Okay. Get out just get out of my fucking face with rock and roll camps. This is when I left the movie.
2: So this is when you walked out. Steve Zadek in
1: 1999 literally got up and left the theater. I guess your bones had de-chilled enough from The Sixth Sense. (laughs)
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) My spine (laughs) stopped tingling and I was like, wait, what is going on here? I kind of imagine that you're just like your mind's so blown from the ending. You're just just trying to like piece it all back together. Just like a zombie just walked in. Mr. Men's just happening and all of a sudden you like... You like you're like oh man that was great okay now I'll focus on this movie oh, I'm out of here fuck you get out of here
1: <laughs> the pot brownie wore off and you were like oh no I'm coming down here it comes I thought this was the parking lot
2: I'm not home right now no the- so. They go to camp and like West Studios giving them all sorts of sage advice about how to fix their characters, which they don't really take that well because they're still assholes at the end of this movie. All, just all of the most unlikable
1: characters put together in one superhero.
2: And group. the most unlikable Ben Stiller is like, "Screw this! I'm leaving! I'm gonna leave the team! I'm, you know, you you want to be this guy? and He goes into one of his hilarious Ben Stiller fits and leaves. And I started doing the math and I'm like, "Oh shit." There's still forty five minutes left of this movie. Like he's gonna he's gonna have to come back. Yep. They're gonna have to. Go, he's gonna have his own adventure. He's gonna learn his lesson. He's gonna have to come back. They're gonna have to take him back. And then there's gonna be the last fight. I got I, I gotta get out of here. I really <laughs> you start doing that movie math sometimes and you yeah. kind of have panic attacks.
1: The movie <laughs> math happens twice in this movie because it happens with you there, but there's another moment that we're like just about at. Yeah. But you you mentioned oh Ben Stiller's gonna go off on his other adventure. Yeah. Cut to. And he's just back at the coffee shop, bitching to Claire Forlani, who could not give a flying fuck. And he's, this is an obnoxious thing. Also, we're shoehorning in this love story. This completely unlikable prick is in love with this waitress who doesn't want anything to do with him. And it's like scene after scene of him trying to ask for her number and trying to get her to go out on a date. Well, they do. He's an asshole
0: to her. Well, I mean, Claire Forlani has the full of, like, what, maybe like 20, 25 lines yeah. in total. And she got those lines. She memorized those lines within a week. Then I think she spent the rest of the time in preparation, just like looking through the most recent L.L. Bean catalog and just memorizing everything in there. And the entire movie, she's just in her own brain saying, well, if I get that, I can still get the discount. And then 50%, <laughs> I mean, the linen pants could go up. To, it, it, she's so checked out of the whole fucking thing. She's checked
1: out. You know what she wasn't doing in her free time? practicing that American accent. (laughs) She's another one that you're like, you're not fooling anybody. I wasn't fooled in Mallrats. I'm not fooled in this movie. I'm not fooled in Meet Joe Black. Certainly not. For the full three hours? No, I was not. And she's supposed to come from a prestigious American family in that movie. (laughs) With Anthony Hopkins as your father. There's so much wrong with that fucking movie.
2: (laughs) Um, You know, maybe her thing with this movie, why she's not so good, is she's like, Oh, man, I can't wait to work with Tim Burton. And then she turned around and there was green gas. And she's like, shit.
1: She heard a pop, turned around, and Tim Burton was gone. She had all this art for what her makeup could look like. (laughs) I feel like Tim and I are really going to connect on this set because we share a lot of the same gothic dreams. (laughs) You know what they say?
2: You work with Tim Burton once, you're always going to be in a stable of... ah, fuck. (laughs)
1: Fucking fuck. Pink cloud? <laughs> it's just a pink cloud, and the cloud is reading a Sandman comic. <laughs> it's just they same <laughs> going left open at the bottom, where he dropped it. <laughs> so they have all this training and whatever, and Ben Stiller, he goes out on a bad date, has a fucking triple-decker tuna salad at the diner, and then comes back, doesn't even apologize to William H. Macy. William H. Macy's like, do you want to come help us on this mission? Let's go. And they fucking sneak to the house of the house that Frankenstein built. And they go in, and it's this whole like, we're going to sneak in, we're going to save Captain Amazing. It's going to be fantastic. And they go in and they fucking murder him. Like, horrifically. It really takes you out of this movie. As much as I'm already checked out, I was like, wait, what the fuck?
2: It's not like you know. It's a. It could be a. It needs to happen a lot earlier if we're gonna do this. Like yeah. right, this is like for an hour and twenty minutes in. It's like kind of the beginning of the third act. They kill
0: him, which is kind of like eh. well, because you have to switch over to this grim fucking tone. You just. In- <laughs> Just introduced, by the way. So the whole gag is he's strapped
1: to this chair, and there's a machine above him. It's very gold finger. And you, you, uh, Frankenstein
2: says, I'm going to kill you at midnight. Like, that's the thing.
1: That's the time, the clock we're working on. Correct. And so we got our timetable. We go, and we're going to bust him out. Here's this gold, uh, this gold finger device. No, I expect you to die. And he's like, all you got to do is pull that one lever over there. And it's another bullshit fucking Abbott and Costello witch lever bullshit oh, fight that they all get into. And Hank Azaria pulls the wrong lever. The laser comes down and transforms him into all sorts of goblin-looking monsters before leaving him as a charred husk
0: in this dentist chair. So yeah, everybody remembers John Carpenter's the thing, right? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Remember when they find the? They go to the other camp and they find like what was beginning before he killed himself. The guy's <laughs> face was splitting apart. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what this looks like. And it it's looks just- like his face is just fucking. <laughs> opening up. For a split second it also kind of looks like
1: earthworm Jim. Yeah. <laughs> it does.
2: <laughs> and it's like I thought we were just fucking listening to Smash Mouth about to drink some fucking cool Pepsi, bro. Like what happened? So much Smash Mouth in this movie. Oh, no, it's a ton. They did the score.
0: So no they, fastball though. No thank you. No,
1: no, 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 which is ironic because the Sphinx is showing them the way. Yeah, <laughs> huh? see? But yeah, he's just a, he's he's horribly disfigured and like there's a lot
2: of ways to play that that's funny enough. But they don't do any of it. Like, no. Hagazari just doesn't take responsibility for it. Like, yeah, you did kill him. Is it, no, no, I didn't. And it's like, all right.
1: <laughs> and it's, it's a weird, like, William H. Macy's just like, well, I couldn't have done it. I was standing over here the whole time. And it's a really, like, flat delivery. And you're just sitting here like, none of these people who are real people, because they're certainly not real superheroes. These are real people... That just that just murdered a man. Yeah, yeah. Who was chained to a chair?
0: And I imagine William H Macy like really was like, um, "All right, guys, I gotta go to the cops now." <laughs> yeah. this, this, is all, this, this is all fun. This my wife really didn't have my head. I have a lot of shovels that I'm gonna look at and use for the rest of my life now. <laughs> but we gotta go to the cops right now. Well, uh, Tim, what should I? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> Tim Scott. Tim left. It's just this cape on the ground and a purple cloud everywhere.
0: It's a notebook filled with child's drawings. Why Does anybody know why he left this white rose on the floor?
1: I would love to see Tim Burton exit a movie production. Because it's got to be at least half as awesome as what we're talking about. Oh, also, so while it's, it's, it's Janine Garofalo, Ben Stiller, Hank Azaria, and William H. Macy, who all are all... Key components of butchering this man who's chained to a chair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got Paul Rubens and Kel Mitchell who are outside doing surveillance and we're treated to a scene where Paul mm-hmm. Rubens is farting or some such, something or other. He's always like, oh, farting, don't worry. <laughs> or uh, Kel's like, oh man, who did you fart at? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, well, I didn't fart at anybody. And a skunk comes out of the bushes and just starts humping Paul Rubens' leg. And we're watching this for no less than three minutes.
2: And he's like, just go with it, and they kind of sway in the wind. And that's good enough for the trailer. Cut it,
1: print it, trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Music cue and all. Oh my God. Smash mouth to fucking skunk fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rubens's got a boner and Kelly Mitchell's like, ew. <laughs> so while this is all going on in the other room, like we we uh we're not breaking into the place, they very stealthily break in and whatnot. Uh Casanova Frankenstein is hosting the first of two parties. Or I guess no, this is the second party he's yeah. having. He has a I Got Out of Jail party, and then he has this I'm about to kill Captain Amazing party. And it's this like this rogues gallery of people that he hangs out with, like all the super villains. So we've got like some some like 1930s mobster villain. Yeah. There's a Yakuza gang of mm-hmm. some kind. Uh, there's like an all-girl gang, and they all have silly names. You yeah, know? the ones that I remember are like the frat boys, or like the Fratties or whatever. The frat, yeah, boy. the frat boys, yeah. The which frat boy. is all these like letterman jacket wearing frat boys, led by Michael Bay in a cameo. Nice work, okay. Buddy. And then the not goody mob, played by goody mob. So you got like CeeLo in there, the rest of the dudes. This, this is like pre The Voice, CeeLo. Pre Fuck You, CeeLo. You know. <laughs> I that went right over my
2: head because I was like, "What's that a pun on?" Because I just didn't listen to that band. <laughs> and <I was> like, <laughs> oh man, is that about Wizard Magazine? No, Steve, it's about music you should
0: be listening to.
2: <laughs> you, ah, mean, you mean the Batman Forever soundtrack? No, it's, Smashing it's, Pumpkins awesome on it.
0: It's like <laughs> Southern rap. It's like Outkast. It's a really important movement in in, <laughs> in, in in the music. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I'll be over here. Are you going to do a song for Batman? <laughs> Did you
2: see the sixth sense? It was pretty scary. <laughs> the, Bo- the
0: Bone thugs and harmony song on that Batman soundtrack <laughs> was pretty okay.
1: <laughs> so what's annoying, and this is what I was talking about, uh, we feel like we're coming to the end of the movie and then we're not. Is, yep. I mean, because this is the end of the movie. It's like, whoops, we killed him. Now fucking fight Jeffrey Rush and let me go home. Yeah. Instead, they all flee the mansion yep. to go regroup. And then they got to fucking call up Tom
2: Waits. And it's and like, uh, oh, he's an inventor. And it goes on and on <laughs> and on and on. And on.
1: <laughs> It just doesn't stop. <laughs> really and this is, this is what I was talking about, the, 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 the timeline of yeah. the movie. Yeah. Right? Because you realize there's still like 45 minutes left. Yeah. I mean, it's the same. When Greg Kinnear is butchered in that chair, yeah. I'm like, well, okay, it's ending. Yeah, this You know the, what? I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to the bathroom, stretch out a little bit. You know, I knew this was a two-hour movie. I'll, yeah. Then I'll be able to sit through the end of the movie, hit the space bar to pause the fucking movie. There's like 30 goddamn minutes left. 30 minutes I was like, what, what are you going to do for 30 minutes? And the answer is watch Tom Waits invent children's toys.
0: Long before that, at the 49-minute mark, I, I, <laughs> I paused it. and I, In my head, I was like, I've got to be somewhere near an hour 30. I've got to be. It, there's no way it could feel this long. It, it can't. It just can't. I walked. I fucking looked at the thing, and I wanted to die. Wow, you thought you were at 90 minutes. You were at
1: 49. 49 that's, minutes. That's tough to come back from. Well, this is like that stand-up set that you sit
2: through that feels like an hour and a half because it's just like Ray guns. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Yeah, man, there's a lot of crazy superheroes today. Imagine like a, a, a Mr. Furious, right? Like he doesn't have superpowers, but he gets angry. <laughs> Get a new career.
0: (laughs) No, thanks buddy. But another (laughs) one I had the idea for is maybe this guy could be farting. And I don't know. Maybe he's called the, I mean, the cones too. That's too, no, that's too easy. I just keyed your car. (laughs) Thanks buddy. (laughs) Weren't you Tim Burton earlier? (laughs) Cool purple smoke (laughs) trick.
1: (laughs) So we have, because what they realize is they're like, wow, uh, we just got hit in the face with a superhero reality and Casanova Frankenstein has an actual way upon that yeah. he can use. We better go have Tom Waits invent us actual superhero toys. So it's not just Hank Azaria throwing spoons at people. Yeah. Stuff like the blame thrower oh man
2: is that the one that just makes people argue with each other yeah, yeah, that's yeah well that's that one. the whole fuck somebody put a blame throw on this whole fucking movie because all <laughs> it is is these characters arguing at each other and not liking each other and then i'm supposed to find hilarious the
1: one that dry cleans you uh the shrink ray but it,
0: it just shrinks your clothes it just shrinks i believe it's just your underwear no, is no. it your close. underwear or is it the whole clothes? The whole clothes, because when it's used and they use the suds bubble
1: effect, yeah, go fuck yourself. I had no idea what was going on. Like, I had to back this movie up once because I, I, honest to goodness, fell asleep in the middle of it. And when I woke up, I, when I woke up, I realized like I'd missed a good chunk of it. And I was like, "Fuck, you're watching it for the show. You gotta go back. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, gotta watch go all back. those minutes." I gotta find that turn. It, it was it was all, like, the fucking mad monster party that I just described. Well, it's, yeah,
2: it's all... I mean, like, literally, this is the end of the movie. I mean, it, it takes a long time because we, we dick around with Tom Waits for a while. He becomes part of the team. Then William H. Mason needs to give a Braveheart speech about where the other guys... and You know, we're just losers, but the only way not to be losers is to just not be losers. Is to like get a, weapons. Is to <laughs> get... Is we got to just dig down and fucking be superheroes,
1: everybody. Don't and how a, dare you try to fucking shovel horn in a message into this movie. Yeah. yeah. You piece of shit screenplay. It's like the whole shit about like, you can be anything you want. We just got to work as a team. Like there's so much crap about teamwork in this movie. It feels like shit you would watch at a corporate retreat. (laughs) It's like, and then the mystery men learned that the only path to success
0: was on the road of team workmanship. Well, I mean, this is the kind of movie that if you were on that work retreat and they're like, we have a a big prize for you tonight, guys. We're going to have ice cream and we're going to have pizza and we're going to watch Mystery Men. I'd quit my job. (laughs) Like, I consider me officially unemployed. Because, I, mean, I mean, that's what this movie was supposed to be. It's supposed to be, like, an in-joke for people who know about comic books, except for everybody who knows anything about comic books, farted at this movie immediate, as soon as it came out. I sure did. <laughs> because it's just like, listen,
1: I feel like, you know, I, I don't super follow comics, but I feel like people who did, and this was, we were talking about this before we went on the air, but, like, this is 99, so we had... Blade. We had Spawn. That was kind of about it, you know. And like X Men was right around the corner. I have a feeling when this movie Batman movies were dead. The The, Batman movies were dead. The superhero uh, Superman movies were totally dead. Yeah. And I feel like they probably there was some grumblings about Fox wants to make an X Men movie. Yeah. But it hadn't happened yet. But because you kind of know that, and maybe even the early stages of we're going to talk about making a new Spider Man movie. Yeah. And so it's like like me as a comic fan, I'm just like. I don't need to sit here and watch this two hour rib punching fucking no. thing about what I like, you know, about the yeah. world that I like. I'll just wait till a real a real
0: fucking superhero yeah. movie comes out. And, and and you're super broad in your criticisms. It's not like you even get the details right. No. Like, like and, and that's a funny that's a funny enough movie if you actually did the research to do this kind of movie. Well, that's what The Venture Brothers is. Yeah, I mean exactly. the, the Venture
2: Brothers is fucking amazing because they know exactly they're not like, I don't like nerds, and this is why. like They're nerds themselves and get everything about that culture and everything about like what they're talking about absolutely right and know it backwards and forwards and probably don't sleep at night and just write this weird show that's very funny. And like that's not what this is. Yeah, This
1: is just fucking... I mean, you've got... One of the biggest things that sticks out, is, you know, and it's really just like, don't you get it, is how they're fighting over whether or not uh, Captain Amazing is this billionaire Lance whatever, yeah. and it's the old, like, but he's got glasses on. And it's like, oh man, oh man, do I ever get the Superman joke that you're telling, that I probably saw a couple seasons earlier on Seinfeld. And I think I think Richard Pryor did that joke in 1979, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> come right.
0: on,
2: like,
1: it's just it's been done, everybody. <laughs> it's been done to death. Yeah. I think, like, uh... Like Tim Burton, like in the in the middle of this production, there was like a week they had off, and he went to like a wizard con or one of them yeah, such things. Sure, and they were like, "What are you working on?" And he told it to the the folks at the booth, yeah. and they were like, "What are you doing that for?"
0: Phew! <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 Fucking
1: left that wizard con mm-hmm. in a cloud of mystery. Started hitting on Helena Bottom Carter. <laughs> Getting that he got himself
0: an umbrella copter. <laughs> <laughs> well, he
2: definitely bought, built one for himself <laughs> he probably
1: has that fucking penguin duck mobile doesn't he like that, drives- that's in the garage <laughs> that's just there's a cover over it like a boat he never drives anymore. Yeah, that's where that is. <laughs> no, I think had it... a bunch of moss on it. The the duck car boat thing has
0: been winterized since 1994. I bet you anything. In his pool, he's got the dummy of the dead penguin, and that's what he floats on <laughs> on like a lazy Saturday. Man, if I could if I could <laughs> steady a strawberry daiquiri on a
1: fake dead Danny DeVito, <laughs> let me tell you guys, that's living. <laughs>
2: It's a cool drink.
1: Man, hey. oh, he's amazing in that movie. He is. He's uh, wonderful. Let's wrap this movie up. I mean, man. yeah,
2: because I mean, we got all the weapons from Tom Waits because, you know, why not? It's a and big then, bunch of horseshit. And they're like, hey, Tom Waits, want to come? Nah. <laughs> nah, that's cool. I don't want to be in this World War II biopic. <laughs> Wait, what? <I'm> just... <laughs> Maybe it's best you don't come,
1: Tom Waits.
2: <laughs> I'm just happy I got to work with Eddie Murphy once. <laughs> I'm Ben Stiller.
1: <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Barbara Stanwyck was just a treasure on the set. <laughs> you know, one time, <laughs> you know, one time I was shooting a picture with Jarmusch and uh, got to ride a carousel at midnight with D.W. Griffith. And, <laughs> honestly,
0: that was one of the greatest moments of my He's, career. He, he, you know, it, the history books are going to be unkind to him. <laughs> he, in the moment, he was a sweet fella. <laughs> Bought everybody lunch. (laughs) uh,
2: I mean, fucking whatever. They go to his thing, and everybody has a moment where they do something. Because it's a fucking, you know, it's a super team movie. Kel Mitchell finally turns invisible.
1: Inexplicably turns invisible. Now he's got superpowers. You know what I mean? Like, come on. And the way they play it at the beginning of the movie, he's like, so nobody can look at me, and then I'll turn invisible. And they're like, have you ever seen yourself do it? Like in a mirror or whatever? He's like, no, if I'm... If I'm looking at myself, it doesn't work either. Like, nobody can be looking at me. And they're like, okay, little kid. Like, he's, I think he's supposed to be playing like a little kid. Yeah, he's, he's much younger than movie. everybody. And so you're like, you just pass it off as like, whatever, maybe he'll sneak by somebody, do something. Yeah. Cause the whole gag is like, he's ignored by his whole family. Yeah. So he's the invisible boy. And you think, like, oh, okay, that's kind of sad. Like, he's ignored. So he thinks he's invisible. No, no, no. He just straight up turns invisible. And somehow also when he does his clothes all fall off. No,
2: he took his clothes off to be invisible. Yeah. Like oh, in
1: a, oh, so it wasn't like a T-shirt floating around? No. Oh, yeah. I no, see no, what's
2: no. going He's on. Still, yeah. a, a, a real that. memoirs
1: of the Invisible Man situation. Oh, right, 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 Speaking right. Speaking right. of John Carpenter, <laughs> And, you know,
2: uh, Janine Garofalo, apparently Eddie, Eddie Izzard killed her father. Uh, <laughs> I used my American gun to kill your father,
0: sweetheart. I also love disco music, baby. Hey, prose Want to use one of your three lines? <laughs> you only get three, so be careful. I'm going to take the rest of them. <laughs> yummy, 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 yummy. I'm going to take your lines and eat them up. <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. <laughs> That's
2: great. I mean, they fucking kill Jeffrey Rush. Who gives a shit? They kill everybody. I mean,
1: Claire Furlani gets kidnapped, and it's like, why? That—that that is the. Bi- I mean, I was talking about it being shoehorned before. It's so shoehorned now because at no point ever is anyone like, you know, what we better keep the mystery men under surveillance. That never happens. There's no way Jeffrey Rush knows that they went out on a date. Well, he says a date. Just one date. Why don't you take
2: fucking William H. Wacy's wife? Like, that's going to be... There you go. Yep. That's,
1: that's a stake. Yep. Mama Blue Raja? Take her. Get her out of here. Oh, you know what? Kill her. Yeah, that The it. marijuana line. Kill her. <laughs> Throw her in that fucking pit. You yourself will later fall down, Jeffrey Rush. Yeah, he gets he gets turned into a Cthulhu Also, <laughs> it's just some horseshit where like the machine that killed Greg Kinnear is overloading, and there's yeah. a big oh because he's gonna he's gonna use the same device on all of Champion
0: City. is Oh what's shit! Happen. Isn't that great, everybody? So everybody's gonna be fucking dead.
1: Yeah, yeah. which is fucking everybody's dead. So Me stupid. too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even <laughs> even even Casanova Frankenstein will be dead at some point. Lena Olin
2: does her own cloud of gas and gets out of this movie. You do not. There's no end to this character. She's his
1: number two. She's at the party. She looks a little uncomfortable. And then pff, I think her and Burton went on vacation again. <laughs> you want to go to my creepy house in Puerto Rico? Hey, Lena, you're a weird girl. Want to hang out? I have,
0: I have a small shack in Transylvania. Really <laughs> That's nice That's good this enough time. for me. <laughs> you got see- no bedrooms. <laughs>
2: You want to see the original cut of Murnau's (laughs) Phanothferatu?
1: It's six hours long. (laughs) Most of it is stuff I redid myself with puppets. (laughs) (laughs) And my butler will play the piano. Spoiler alert, I also play my own butler (laughs) with a clever wig on. (sighs) Yeah, well, it's better than being in Mystery Men. <laughs> yeah, I'll, go ahead. Guess I'll go on this weird
0: vacation with you, Tim Burton. You got a sink. I can wash myself in Tim. <laughs> Tim Burton's destination vacation? <laughs> Shacks across
1: the globe. <laughs> so everybody's fucking dead. And then the Mystery Men walk outside There's a bunch of press there for no reason. They're like,
2: oh, my God, it's the mystery,
1: man. It's like, oh, and everyone gets validated. William H.
2: Macy's wife, who said she was going to leave him because he's been doing this for 12 years. Lest we forget, more than a decade. She's like, you know what, dude, this is too much. You know, like you're going to get killed or I don't care, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And, you know, I'm going to leave you. And then like she's like literally packing up and one of their kids turns on the TV and there he is. He
1: just saved the city from who cares. It's, it's a, and then she's just like my hero, and I was like, really? What about that divorce that you promised him? Yeah, you've been fucking working at that secretarial school for like what? over a decade he refuses to go back to the fucking coal mine because he's outside shoveling at night and you
2: know we don't this movie doesn't have the scrote even though we're nine years away from a black president to have them kiss that's not gonna happen no that's not happening because she's like he you know ben stiller gets his kiss with claire forlani
1: she's not there like oh my god my hero and kisses him that's not like claire forlani's kissing ben stiller and in her head she's like okay loaf of bread Need
0: some more mustard? Thing of eggs. Well, I mean, French is going to cost me less. <laughs> but grape baton I mean, it, it, it. I mean, they 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 overprice it. I should spring for it though. You know, I'm doing this mystery men movie. You I
1: can buy make, some more expensive mustard. I might I'm, even get that ground up stuff. I mean, I've got 20 pages
2: left in Hundred Years of Solitude. I'm probably going to finish it tonight. Can I go to Barnes and Noble and get a new book? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, here's his tongue. Oh, that's uncomfortable.
0: (laughs) How long does it take Papaya to go old?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then it's just, you know, take us home, smash mouth. (laughs) (laughs) The fucking all-star song kicks up again. That that was in the video. It It was. was, I remember the video. It was a a tie-in, man. Yeah. And and that's it. There's no, like, you know, smart on this movie to not have a goddamn you're not going to believe this sequel set up. You know, there's no Jeffrey Rush, Frank Langella hand coming out of something. Nope. You know, there's none of that. It's just like, you know what? This is probably going to be the only Mystery Men movie. And that's it. There's an odd thing in the credits where it says, Dockers khakis, the official khakis of Champion City. Because this movie was taking people's money, man, left and right. Like, it's like, all right, this movie's not going
2: to make any money in the theaters because Tim Burton just left. And we have to say (laughs) somebody named Kinka
0: Usher directed it. And that's... The first half of that contract, by the way, he keeps. <laughs> oh, yeah, whether, he got- <laughs> whether or not he stays or not, he gets that first half. It's a pay for play contract, my friend.
1: <laughs> I mean, poor Kinka Usher like could have had a career ahead of him. Instead, he's now credited as the guy who directed Mystery Men. That's no good for anybody. I mean, he could have directed it, or he might have directed some of it. I mean. I don't know. I just don't buy that this nobody was assigned to direct this big budget movie with tons of stars for Universal Pictures. It's,
2: I just don't buy it. It might be one of Hollywood's greatest mysteries, honestly. <laughs> and if there was anyone more credible than Tom Waits talking, I'd feel,
1: I'd feel great about it. <laughs> and I love Tom Waits. <laughs> you know, it was amazing when I was filming my major role in Beverly Hills Cop 2, I turned to... Well, it was one of the Lumiere brothers. I don't remember <laughs> which one specifically. but uh, Well, the point is the conversation centered around gambling and women. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not exactly a credible source because he's a chameleon stage man performer. Yeah,
2: and he just th- likes to have fun with people and maybe he's just putting something over on somebody in his own autobiography, But I that's guess. what's
1: amazing about it, though. It's not like he's talking about some... Big secret about one of his records. Yeah, or you know, I mean, he's known as an actor mostly for the Jarmish stuff, yeah. and it's no bit about a Jarmish movie. It's about this piece of shit 1999
0: garbage superhero movie that he has no reason to make this up about. You, you know what? Say what you want about Roberto Benini. <laughs> he had a great scene with Lillian Gish in that Down by Law. <laughs> 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 Just a standout performance.
1: Lillian Gish. <laughs>
0: I mean, so, I mean, who knows? It's, uh,
1: it's too bad. You know why it's never going to get solved? Because Robert Stack's dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one person that would get to the bottom of this. A Hollywood unsolved mystery.
2: Tonight was Mystery Men directed by Tim Burton. I won't know because I can't watch it. It's two fucking hours long. <laughs> okay. On
1: celebrity unsolved mysteries. I
0: kind of love it if like, Kenneth Unger's, like follow-up to Hollywood Babylon was just a book about mystery men. <laughs> Oh, there's lots of secrets, man. <laughs> Hollywood
1: Babylon 4, the special mystery man-only edition. It's 400 pages long. <laughs> it's somehow 400 pages There's a bunch of suspect photos of multicolored clouds. <laughs> Is this Tim Burton? It's Is that... sketches. Notice this green cloud. Beneath it, a collection of Edgar Allan Poe stories. The casting
2: director was supposed to hire... Uh, Keenan Thompson but accidentally hired <laughs> Kel Mitchell and they didn't have the guts to say oh shit
1: you wanted I didn't know
2: I, I don't watch that
1: show <laughs> their, instructions, said that their instructions were just hire the funny one from Keenan and Kel <laughs> I,
0: I didn't know I, I, that's just my opinion <laughs> had <the> better lines <laughs> throughout that show.
1: I think it goes without saying that no one's direct- no. Or recommending this movie. No one directed, no one directed it either. <laughs> Funny enough, Andrew's mouth. <laughs> but no, no one here is recommending it. Oh, no, Just call me Mr. Nobody. <laughs> Mystery Men directed by The Elephant Man. <laughs> Still I was a pen to work with. Now, I would say we always try to do, if there's like a solid three-way round the horn non-recommendation, we try to put people out with something. I would say a comic book movie that came out around this same time, that's a total recommend for me, Blade 2. Oh yeah, I think Blade Two is a solid sequel. It's a good comic book movie, and I'm going to
0: say this because uh, I wasn't on the Batman Forever episode, so I didn't get to say what my uh, breakdown of the Batman movies with. But actually, number one with a bullet would be Batman Returns. Is my favorite Batman movie today, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, and I and I think it's just a phenomenal movie top to bottom.
2: And Scott Pilgrim, you know, I mean, it's I I, it's kind of got its cult of its own. You know, I'm not fucking turning any heads, but I think it's. It's the only time that people have got, like, really just dove into superhero culture, comic book culture, had a lot of fun with it, and made it funny.
1: Oh, my God, you guys. That is the first week of our summer blockbuster extravaganza 2014. Again, it was Mystery Men, possibly directed by Tim Burton. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to get a hold of us. Check out the website, whmpodcast.com. There you can find an episodes page, which will lead you to the back catalog of episodes. For all you new listeners out there, episodes 100 and back can be found on there. Be sure to direct download those or stream them right from the website. Follow us on Facebook. We uh, reached our 2,000th like recently. That was very cool. Keep it up. Keep telling your friends. Make sure, if you're not a member of the Facebook page, like the page. We always put a bunch of fun stuff up on there. Uh, continuing the WHM conversation off the air. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter. We are at WHM Podcast, right into the mailbag. We all hate movies at gmail.com. Rate and review the show wherever you shall subscribe to it. Don't forget to also pick up those commentaries we talked about, Chudman Terry and the new Star Trek Nemesis commentary, Trekmentary Nemesis, available now on iTunes and other fine downloading sources. I fight my clone. <laughs> i fight my clone it's it's another bald man with a fake nose <laughs> good gravy star trek that's nemesis. silly uh blame it on outer space our sister show check them out bi-weekly conspiracy theories with a comedic twist uh blame it on outer at blame space pod on twitter facebook.com slash blame it on outer space they're also on itunes and the stitcher radio app rate and review those guys as well uh, more exposure for the show, more exposure for the WHM family. We would greatly appreciate it. All right. The summer blockbuster extravaganza continues in week two. Hint for next week's episode Chris Cabin. Uh, Christopher Lambert. Ooh. We haven't had him in quite a while. Have we ever done him? Wasn't he in uh, what was that alien movie that takes place in uh, Houston, Texas? I come in peace. No, he's not, he's in, not in, that that in that movie. It's Del- Dolph Lundgren. Oh, it's Dolph Lundgren. Well, and then the other guys. I guess just someone else who kind of looks ben like. Chris. Yeah, he, he looks exactly. Oh, like yeah, yes. The, the alien. Lambert, yes. yes, the, the, the other alien yeah. looks like Christopher Lambert. All right, but so I guess welcome to the show next week, Christopher Lambert, everybody. So Christopher Lambert. It's pretty vague and uh, whatnot, but just remember, summer blockbuster. So we're doing big movies next like week. Mystery man. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Universal Pictures and ourselves. <laughs> Until next week, where we figure out which Christopher Lambert movie we're talking about. I'm Andrew Jupin.
0: Chris Cabin. Stephen
1: that Take it easy. <laughs> Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Let's just do that again. <laughs> you go first. This is, this is episode 160. <laughs>